Good morning. My name is John. I could be one of the pastors here. Thanks for joining us today. Here, if you're here, if you're joining us online, thanks for hanging out with us. We look forward to seeing you here in person as we continue our series, Christmas Behind the Scenes. It's really exciting to kind of look at this idea of those characters in our Christmas story that we don't always think of when we think of the Christmas story. And what we're talking about when we're talking about that are those characters that, well, I don't know about you, but does anybody have a Simeon in their manger scene? No, nobody has their Simeon that they took out? You have a Simeon on the wall. Look at you. I'm getting answers. I wasn't expecting answers. All right, thanks for participating. <laughs> throwing, me, throwing me off my game already. All right, that's good. Okay, so, um, but no, it's been exciting to think about that uh, because for me, I actually just got back from a cruise with my boys and uh, we were on a cruise because uh, it was supposed to be, uh, if you don't know my, uh, my story, I'm actually in the process of adopting three boys on my own as a single dad. And uh, this was supposed to be a, yay, they're adopted cruise. But if you're dealing with the state, sometimes things take a little longer. And so this was a, yay, they're almost adopted cruise. Uh, we're, we're this close. We're this close. So maybe by like February, March, I think we're going to be there. So that's exciting. Yeah. And on uh, one of the nights when the kids were in the kids club, because yay, kids club. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I got to talk to a guy named Dakota, and as we were talking, uh, Dakota shared his story with me. And as Dakota was sharing his story with me, he opened up and he shared his story about how um, he went through some pretty tough times. He's just in his early 20s, and he shared how he went through some tough times where his parents blamed him for their divorce and just went through some really tough times where he was homeless and all this stuff. And his grandparents kind of rescued him, and he was on the cruise with them. And I was able to kind of look him eye to eye and share with him how he had value and how that was not what, what was right and how that was not what God would want for his life, but God loved him still. And we were able to have kind of a moment there. And uh, in that moment, I realized as we were just sitting on two deck chairs on a cruise ship in the middle of the Caribbean Sea, I realized it was not me on a platform, that was me in a behind the scenes moment. And I realized very quickly that really in our lives, we're all behind the scenes. We're all behind the scenes. And maybe you look at me and you go, yeah, but you do get a platform. And Pastor Tim and I were talking about that this week. And even if he and I, even if I got to preach every single week, which I don't, or he got to preach every single week and he doesn't, that's less than 1% of our lives that we were up on a stage with a microphone. Less than 1%. So really, for our lives, we're all behind the scene. So even as we talk about our behind the scenes characters in this series, the reality for all of us in our lives is we are all behind the scenes. So what happened for me on that cruise is the very next day I was sitting in uh, the theater. It's called an aqua theater. So I was sitting in this theater. It was right after I had that moment with Dakota, that moment that was very powerful for me where I got to look at him eye to eye and share a very heartfelt opportunity to share with him the love that God has for him, the value that he has. And I looked at all these people, and I said, I want to have that moment with all these people. Now, if you're guests with us here today, thanks for being here, but you're going you're to realize very quickly how crazy I am. <laughs> because I really do. I want to get to know their stories. I want to look at every single one of them and go, man, you are loved. I want to know your story. I want to hear from you. I want to find out who you are. And after the first service, some people came up to me and they said, we actually thought you went up to every single one of them and heard their stories. <laughs> That's how crazy I am. 
But I want you to think about, that's just one ship in one ocean in this big world of ours. And as you think about your life and your behind-the-scenes life that you have, you're just one person in one family, in one neighborhood, in one job. You think about the impact that you can have and what you think about in this world that we are in that's so big. Maybe you've asked yourself, because I asked myself that day, what can I possibly do? Sure, I talked to Dakota, but there are so many people to talk to. There are so many stories to hear. There's so much love that I need to let people know about. As we've kind of gone through this series, you've gotten to hear about this idea of who are you influencing, who's influencing you, and today I would ask the question is, how can we possibly make a difference in this world? How can I, how can you possibly make a difference in this world when it's just so big? Because I sat, as I sat in that theater that day and I looked around at all these people from so many countries, my heart was broken because I just knew I couldn't possibly meet them all and share with them all. So today I think though, as we dive into our behind the scenes character of Simeon, as I did, I was encouraged by him, and I think we will too. So I'd ask you just to join with me as we look at his stories. It's found in Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 21. It's on page 857 in your chair Bibles. Chair Bibles are right in front of you in the front row. They're underneath your seat. You can pull out your Bible app. If you're joining us online, uh, you can actually just click on the Bible icon. It'll pull up uh, the... Uh, the story as we're looking at it today. So as we look at Simeon, we're actually jumping ahead in our uh, Christmas story a little bit. So we're actually going after Jesus is born. So I hope you join us tomorrow or Tuesday to take a look at the story of Jesus being born and the shepherds. Hope you figured out what service you're going to join us at. And what we're going to do is we're going to actually take a, look, a little bit of a look at uh, the story of Jesus' family, and then that's going to lead us right into Simeon. So we're right at verse 21. And don't worry, we're actually going to break this text down. So there's a little bit in here, and you might kind of read some of it and go, what? Don't worry, we'll break some of it down. Starting with verse 21. At the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it was written in the law of the Lord. Every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what, it is, said, what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, Simeon, he, Simeon took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, 
Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. So here's the thing. We're going to actually learn a few things about Jesus' faithful family, but it leads us right into how we meet our character, Simeon. So what we learn about Jesus' faithful family is that they were a faithful Jewish family. Right? They were a faithful Jewish family. The first thing we learn is we learn something about Jesus. Often when we think about Jewish, or Jesus being uh, a, good, uh, a good man, right? he followed through, or a good uh, God man, right? that he followed through on the fact that he suffered for us, that he was human for us. We often think of Easter and that he went to the cross for us, but it actually started from the minute that he was born human. He actually went through circumcision, went through circumcision for us. That means he followed through on the Jewish rules and rituals. It says that he went through that on day eight. And then it skips ahead. Often in the, in the Bible, we go, okay, so verse 21 is he's, day eight, he's eight days old. That means in verse 22, maybe he's still day eight. Well, no, he's actually 40 days old now in verse 22. And verse 22, it says that um, he was called Jesus, a name given to him Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, so then he was presented and named as called. So he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. The important thing here is that we notice they were faithful to what the angel had presented. They were faithful in keeping his name, Jesus. And what's interesting here is they didn't change his name. They didn't say, you know, Jesus is nice. Let's go with Joe Jr. <laughs> I like that, Joseph. No. Why? Because Jesus actually means God saves. It was prophetic. There was a meaning behind that. There is meaning behind that. And so they stuck with what the angel had told them, name him Jesus. Jesus was actually a common name back in that day. So it wasn't uh, unique in that way. It was unique because the angel said, name him Jesus. Now, skipping to verse 22, again, he, it actually goes to, he's 40 days old here. And the reason we know that is because this is when Mary would have needed to present herself to the temple to be purified. It's a ritual that the Jewish people of the day needed to do. Again, they were a faithful family, a faithful family trying to follow through on what God had called them to do in the Old Testament. So when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, see, that's what they were doing, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Now they offered him as a servant. This is what they were doing. In the Old Testament, it said for every firstborn son, you need to present him at the temple to be offered as a priest to the Lord. That's what they did. They could have offered, uh, actually, they could have paid some money to the temple instead, but what they did was actually brought him and offered him as a priest. So we're learning about Jesus' family. Last thing we learn about Jesus' family is that they sacrificed what they could. They sacrificed what they could. So uh, as the payment for that purification, uh, they could have, uh, the first thing that the, uh, in the Old Testament called for was the family was to bring a lamb. That uh, was to bring a lamb to pay for Mary's purification, but they couldn't afford that. So what it says that they offer was a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So what we learn about Jesus' family here. They weren't wealthy enough to offer a lamb, so they actually were able to bring a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. 
So, we learn a few things about Jesus' family. They were faithful. Right? They were faithful. They brought what they could. They weren't wealthy, but they followed through. I think that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool that we learn about Jesus' family. But what we learn about Jesus' family is they showed up at the temple, and here's where we see Simeon show up in his story. So here they are. They're at the temple. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're following through. And then Simeon arrives on the scene. Now, Simeon is more than likely an off-duty priest. And the reason we think he's off-duty is because he says he came in the spirit into the temple. So he wasn't working in the temple that day. He wasn't there working. Otherwise, he would have been in there. But it says he came in the spirit in the temple. I want you to picture this. So you guys are here getting baptized. Imagine a nice old man comes up to you and grabs your baby girl and goes, yay, and whisks her away. Freaked out, right? Freaked out, yes. Mom was like, yes, I'd be freaked out. But this is what happened. He's so overjoyed and ready to proclaim. Why? Because it says, it says that God had promised him. We never see this. We don't see this anywhere else in the Bible, but this is what it says here. God had promised him that he would see the Savior, the promised Messiah, the Savior that would save God's people before he died. So it says, when the parents brought in the child, so when Mary and Joe brought in Jesus into the temple to do for him according to the custom of the law, Simeon took Jesus in his arms and blessed God. He was so excited, he couldn't couldn't hold it back, right? The spirit had led him into the temple and grabbed a hold of Jesus. He was so overwhelmed and overjoyed by what was taking place because he'd finally saw the Messiah. And then he blessed God. He blessed God and he said a prayer. Now what's cool is we don't have a lot of prayers that have titles in the church. And this one we actually don't say here. Now some, there, there's one prayer that has a title that we say here sometimes. It's called the Lord's Prayer. But throughout the history of the church, there are some prayers that have titles. This is actually one of them. So while Simeon has kind of a behind the scenes role, he actually says a prayer that the church thought so much of thought so much of that it's grabbed a hold of and it gave a title. The title of this one is called the Nunc Dominus Prayer, which says, now let me depart. That's all it means in Latin. I thought it was so cool. It's got so much history to it that this behind the scenes player says something so powerful, so unique that the church has held on to, and it's had such an impact that we've given a title to it and held on to for 2,000 years. I want you to think about that. We're all behind the scenes players, and yet... Here's a behind-the-scenes player. Here's a behind-the-scenes character that's made an impact that's lasted 2,000 years. So maybe, just maybe, behind-the-scenes characters like you and like me can make an impact that can last generation after generation after generation. Now, I call it the I've-seen-it-all prayer. I think you and I, we've, we've said this before, uh, all right, Lord, now I've seen it all. You can let me go. <laughs> and this is literally what he says. He goes, Lord, I've seen it all now. I've seen it all. You can take me home because I've seen it all. I've seen what you've promised me. And his prayer is this, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. God, you've let me see what you promised me you would, see, you would let me see, but you've let me see everything. When he saw Jesus, he said, I've seen it all. God, you can let me depart in peace. 
I've served you faithfully, but now I've seen it all. I mean, think of the joy, think of the excitement, think of the enthusiasm that he saw. This is his prayer. This is his enthusiasm. When he saw Jesus, he said, I've seen it all. I think of the joy. Think of the excitement. But what I love was it didn't just stop it. He saw something for himself. See, he saw Jesus, but then he showed Jesus. He showed that Jesus was for all people. See, within his prayer, right in verses 31 and 32, he says this. He says that you have prepared in the presence of all all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. See, he says, see, this is the promise for your people Israel, for your people, God, for your people. You promised that you would save. God said, you, you promised you would save your people, Israel, your Jewish people. You promised you would save them. But wait a minute, Simeon, you also proclaimed, you showed that Jesus was also a light for revelation to the Gentiles. The Gentiles are those people outside of God's people. What's so powerful about Simeon's proclamation here is that he saw Jesus and then he showed that Jesus was for everybody. What's so interesting, so interesting here is that Simeon's audience, I mean, he's in the temple and the only people that we see respond in our text is Mary and Joseph. And Simeon couldn't help that when he saw Jesus, he showed that Jesus was for everybody. So that day, after sitting in that theater and looking at all those people and just wanting to go and to hear their story and to look at them face to face and say, man, you are loved. You have value. And to show them Jesus, I, I was perplexed. I was kind of taken aback. I couldn't figure out, man, how can we do this? How can I do this? This world's just too big. I was able to read a devotion that night by one of my favorite authors, and uh, he was sharing about how there was a uh, Christmas pageant that was put on by a church traditional Christmas pageant, and they had all the kids up front, and Mary and Joseph in the manger, and Jesus, and angels, and shepherds, and sheep, and extra kids, just because sometimes you don't know what to do with the extra kids, and, <laughs> and they're all up here, and they're all gathered around, they're doing their parts, and came time for them to sing a song, and all the kids are scurrying around and trying to find their places, and they start to sing, and there's a little girl in the front row, and as they're starting to sing their song, the kids all moved in front of the manger scene. And the little girl started to get agitated. She started to get upset. And while the kids started to sing their first line, away in a manger, she said, let Jesus show. <laughs> see, they had moved in front of Jesus and she couldn't see Jesus anymore. She just wanted to see Jesus. As I read that, and I thought about Simeon's story, and I thought about my time in that theater that morning, I started to think about what, in a world this big, and 
the life that I live? What could I possibly do? Maybe I could just let Jesus show. When you think about your life, and the life that you have, and the experiences that you live, what could you do? Maybe you could let Jesus show. What does that look like? In all of our lives and all of our experiences, that looks different. And as I thought about it, I thought back to another experience on a cruise ship where I was sitting in some deck chairs, and I was talking to a couple, and they're a couple of bikers, and they were cool, and they're way cooler than me. <laughs> and we were talking, and we got to know each other for a lot, and then they finally asked me that question that I hate. They said, so what do you do? <laughs> I don't want to tell you. I said, I'm a pastor. They're like, you're not a pastor. I don't know what that says about me that people don't believe it. <laughs> and then from a few chairs down, a girl named Eve had been kind of talking with us, and she got up out of her chair, and she moved down right in front of me. She sat down, and she looked at me, and she said, so what would your God say about a person like me? I said, Eve, I said, that's uh, hmm. I said, Eve, you may think I'm crazy. Lots of people do. It's okay. Um, I actually believe that God created this world around us. And the sun was just kind of setting over the water right outside the window. And I said, Eve, I think God would want you to know that he loves you so much that he was willing to create that just so you could see it and go, wow, that's beautiful. And you were worth all that work just for that. And her scowl turned to a smile. And she said, wow, I need to hear that today. Maybe that's how we can let Jesus show. Or maybe on our, like on our plane ride back, this past trip, uh, it was my boy's first time riding a plane, and I uh, wasn't quite sure how I was going to go. And on our way back, we got on the plane, and as we were taxiing, they had one engine going, and they tried to start the second one. It didn't start. So we sat on the runway for a little bit, like an hour, had to go back to the airport, get off, wait for another plane, got on the second plane. My boy's tablets didn't make it. <laughs> Daddy had a battery pack, didn't make it. And my eight-year-old, he was, uh, there's three of us, and he was on the aisle seat next to us. And there's a nice older couple next to him. And, you know, they could have ignored him or they could have gotten annoyed by him because he was getting frustrated and upset because his tablet was dead. And, you know, the lady next to him, she, she talked to him. She cared about him. She even took her tablet out and started playing games with him. 
she let Jesus show to an eight-year-old she never saw before, she'll probably never see again, but she let Jesus show. Or maybe like for my four-year-old, Ethan. And yes, that's him hugging a baby sloth. <laughs> and I just showed you that picture because I can show you whatever picture I want to, and I thought that was adorable. <laughs> My Ethan has uh, been through a lot. And uh, he's, he's had a tough year, and he's had some, some things in his life that have made it even more difficult where he's had some people drop him off and get in their car and drive away and never come back. And so this year especially has been tough on him where he's been scared every day that when dad drops him off and gets in his truck, he's afraid if dad will come back. And his teacher at public school knows that about him. And so especially after being with dad for 10 straight days on vacation, she knew when we came back from vacation, he was going to have a tough time at drop-off. And instead of being frustrated with him or instead of just ripping him away, she got down on one knee and looked at him. She put her hands on his shoulder and she said, Ethan, I prayed every single day for you when you were away that you would come back to me. I love you. And she wrapped her arms around him and hugged him. And she let Jesus show. In our world, that's so chaotic so full of pain, so full of chaos. And even in a time like this where it should be so full of joy, we know how much pain there still is. I know it's a big world. I know there's a lot that we could all be doing. But if I can encourage you with just one thing, as we look at Simeon who grabbed a little baby Jesus and when he saw him, he showed him. He showed that Jesus was for all people. So maybe it's by pointing to a sunset, maybe it's by helping an overwhelmed single dad out by playing on a tablet with an eight-year-old. Or maybe it's by getting down and hugging a scared four-year-old or scared 14-year-old, scared 40-year-old, even scared 80-year-old, just letting them know that they're loved and that's going to be okay. And this season, maybe even next season, just letting somebody know it's going to be okay. And letting Jesus show. Because church, when I looked at that theater, 
I was overwhelmed until I realized I've got you. And together, together when we let Jesus show, we can do this. We can do this. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you. Thank you for giving us a behind-the-scenes character like Simeon who was so overjoyed to see Jesus that he couldn't help but to, but to talk to you, to thank you, and to say, God, I've seen everything because I've seen Jesus. I've seen everything because I've seen the love that you have for me in Jesus, the love that you have for the world in Jesus. And now let me show Jesus. And so God, in our hearts, in our worlds, in our lives, help us to show Jesus. And God, right now in our hearts, God, show us the love that you have for us in Jesus and let it overflow, let it just outpour day in and day out in our lives. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving us in a real and a powerful way. As we step into our worlds today and tomorrow and throughout this season, let that be real for us. Let it be real. Let it just not be a feeling. Let it just not be this season. Let it just not be something we're trying to fake. But God, let it be real for us. Because your love is real for us and for every single person around us. God, thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.